Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We were off last week, but we have a special jumbo size show for you this week. Our normal news show, plus tacking on the audio about the three closed casinos, the fiestas in the Texas, the history and all of that. We have a full YouTube video at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, but we'll play the audio here for those of you who like to listen. And as a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas stuff at mtmvegas.com. That's our post our podcasts, our videos, and you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. All right, with all that behind us, we have a lot to talk about. The Atari Hotel has been canceled, but another hotel on the Strip broke ground. We got a sneak peek at La Rev and what it might look like. Plus, there was that huge scare on the Las Vegas Strip. People thought there was an active shooter. We'll talk about exactly what happened there. Also, look at a first-timer's guide to Vegas, a crazy quesadilla challenge people stealing other people's cars at valets and more head to mtmvegas.com for all of our vegas stuff again thanks so much for listening let's hit it so mark did you see that giant dust storm at the luxor i know it happened about like a week ago or something and uh the pool area all the furniture kind of got lifted up it seemed like kind of what happened at circa a while back but i'm surprised nobody got hurt it's it's a crazy sight to see yeah i would call it more like a mini tornado like they all spin up and get railed one guy's just sitting in a chair and he gets hit by like two uh day beds and stuff <laughs> it's just kind of crazy i guess you can't really like you know the day might be windy but you can't plan for a tornado so much but it's crazy how much stuff flies in vegas and how windy it gets yeah, have you ever driven through like one of our dust storms when it happens? To your point, it's just like a tornado. Like you get the the twister action and dirt everywhere you can't see, and the wind can be incredible. I've driven through a couple of them, and uh, it seems exactly like what hit at Luxor. Uh, desert sounds like problems. A, sounds like a place you probably shouldn't live. <laughs> <laughs> like a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. Let's start with this, this crazy active shooter thing that happened over the weekend. I don't know if you saw videos of this, but at MGM Grand, someone threw a rock at a window, I guess, near the valet, which is, you know, not even right on the strip, right? The MGM Grand Valet is off of Tropicana Boulevard. And then what happened was just crazy. Like all throughout the strip, people thought there was an active shooter. Uh, I saw video as far away as like the World Series of Poker, people like hiding under poker tables and chips everywhere. I heard it got even further north than that. There were several casinos on lockdown. So basically this loud noise happens and then everybody just gets afraid and then rumors start spreading. And before you know it, everybody thinks there's an active shooter on the strip. Insane, I think. Yeah, it's insane how quickly it spreads. Like I could see at the property where the rock gets thrown and maybe the person didn't see a rock and they hear a bang and they see the glass break and natural thought these days is active shooter. And it just goes to show like how susceptible we are to these things right now. Like just everybody's going to think that that's what's going on. But then the fact that it spread throughout all these other casinos to areas that weren't even near it, like how does it spread that quickly? And maybe they put systems together after, uh, you know, what happened a few years ago that they can spread it to other security quickly. But yeah, it's just nuts to see people like fleeing out of rooms and stuff. And I don't blame them when a security guard comes in and says, we have an active shooter, you're going to go kind of crazy. But it is insane to see how quickly it's spread across the whole the entire strip. Yeah, it's traumatizing too, right? To think you're in the middle of that. So uh, heart goes out to anybody who 
really, you know, was traumatized by that. It was, it just, it, it still boggles my mind. The performance of Mad Apple at New York, New York, people ran across there, ran into the theater saying that there was an active shooter, so they had to stop the show. Um, I talked about the World Series of Poker, a lot of gamblers saying that they lost money. Um, I did, like, those videos and pictures of the World Series of Poker, there were chips everywhere. People were, had tipped over tables. So that's another aspect of this, like in Las Vegas, is when this happens, they do try to use surveillance to get people back to their money. They tend to lock down the machines as soon as that sort of stuff happens so people can't play credits or cash them out. So there are systems in place for that, but no doubt people lost their money. And I agree with you, like they need some sort of a system to quickly uh, help people understand that there isn't a scenario. I know police officers say that pretty quickly they were letting people know that there was no active shooter um, and they put it out on social media and stuff. But uh, that doesn't change. You I'm know, not the, checking Twitter when I'm worried about a shooter. <laughs> like, oh, let exactly. me go to the cops' Twitter account and see what the Las Vegas police is doing. Um, yeah. But no, like, imagine somebody just walking through the casino, hitting cash out on all the machines and and grabbing like a handful of chips. I'm sure somebody made out off of it. Like, I know they they can shut it down or whatever, but. You know somebody made some money off of that whole thing, and it's kind of crazy to think. So maybe that becomes a thing, like the new Ocean's uh, 15, is they call in like a, a false report of something, like a bomb threat, and then just go through and cash out all the machines? I don't know. You know um, where they didn't have to evacuate people? Chris no, Angel's where? Theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I saw the tickets. I was going to put it in the rundown, but then I was like, I don't want to put some Chris Angel thing in here to, to ruin your ability to make that joke. Uh, but the tickets were 50% off, um, so they're already heavily discounted. So uh, I think... Do you the, think a person, tickets. like... Do you think the person that threw the rock was mad about parking fees or what? Oh, more on that later. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was last time. All right, so let's let's pivot to brighter things. La Rev... Uh, well, I guess this isn't brighter. If you liked Larev, it's kind of sad that Larev closed with COVID um, and then Wynn announced that it's not coming back. They haven't said a whole lot about what's going to replace it, although we know there's heavy construction going on in the theater. And there was briefly, for a small moment of time, a, a leak of a video inside the theater. You can't really tell much is going on there, um, but I guess it's fun to, to see that one of our favorite shows uh, is getting replaced by something, at least progress on that, uh, on that front. Yeah, that was probably my favorite show in Vegas, and it's sad that they're not at least doing... It doesn't seem like from that uh, video and, and what we've heard that they're doing anything water-based. So, you know, you spend all that time and money building that deep tank, which I know your dad was a part of, and that's, you know, kind of a soft spot for you guys, too. But to have that already there, like, you think you'd make something out of it. Uh, so I don't know, you know, knowing when, it will be something great, but the fact that it's not water is always going to be a sad spot for me, for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more. I mean, even if it's not water, hopefully it's something spectacular. It is win. This is going to be their flagship show. And it's, you know, 2022, right? This is a chance for them to build something that's of the next generation that pushes Vegas theater shows down to the future. I don't know that, like, Mad Apple does that. You know, it's a neat uh, show, it seems like, but it doesn't seem like it pushes things forward where I hope with uh, this replacement for Larev we'll get something spectacular. But... Uh, who knows when when is a corporate entity as well so maybe uh you know it would have been nice to see the water for sure all right so some hotel news the atari hotel that nobody thought was actually going to happen in fact i was going back through the articles it was announced i think in 2020 with a 2022 opening which obviously didn't happen but <laughs> <laughs> 
according to uh, Las Vegas locally on Twitter, it is officially canceled now. I thought this property looked kind of cool because it had that A, you know, the hotel tower was shaped like the Atari A, and it was going to have like a retro gaming vibe, things like that. Uh, but I'm not surprised it's canceled. It didn't seem like it was ever really uh, going to happen anyway. Yeah, I went to their website. It just seems like they're trying to sell merch or something. I don't, I don't know. It's very weird. But I did like the design. And I think like a retro gaming theme thing could be really cool and something that, you know, an area of Vegas that's not really tapped into that could draw people in. So I think somebody should do it. You know, maybe maybe they'll do it on that one uh, dirt patch where they have one truck moving dirt around uh, for a future... <laughs> On the wet and wild area, on the future stadium, we can put something there. But um, no, I think I think it would have been really cool. Of course, it was never going to happen, but it would have been something that I would have checked out for sure. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's a lot of dream projects right now. We'll see what makes it through the recession and what doesn't. What seems like it's making it through, or at least has made it through a ton of hurdles, is the Dream Hotel on South Las Vegas Boulevard. We've talked about it before. Uh, they got approval from the FAA. For a long time, they were going back and forth because they had balconies facing the airport, and they had to get rid of that, put bulletproof glass. They finally got the whole design approved by the FAA and the county and everything else. They finally broken ground in the last week, so that hotel seems like it's going to happen uh, it's got, I think, 500 rooms, a small casino. It is right next to the Pinball Hall of Fame, but basically across from like Mandalay Bay or very near to the Las Vegas sign, actually. Uh, so it's good to see this. I mean, this is a full ground up, brand new hotel and casino on Las Vegas Boulevard and one that I feel like doesn't get talked all that much. We also got some new looks at the uh, concept art, which it looks very sort of chic, high end, modern. I like it, so I'm excited for this project. Yeah, and to have like fresh blood and something that's not one of the big corporations, it's good to see. And hopefully, you know, it, it all works out the way that they plan and the vision they have. And that's what we've seen with a couple of the recent launches is there's not a, a set vision throughout the whole property. And with this being a little bit smaller, it should be easier to do. So I'm, I'm excited to check it out, too. And then hopefully it brings some traffic to the Pinball Hall of Fame, which is an awesome place. And, and uh, you know, that south end of the Strip, which hasn't gotten a lot of love lately. Yeah, and as they describe it, it's going to open in late 2024. 531 rooms, seven original dining and nightlife options, including a third-level resort pool and day club, of course. Uh, two bar and lounge concepts on the gaming floor. Pee a water. lobby bar. <laughs> there you go. Of course, why, what Vegas casino can, doesn't have pee water? And then a gelateria and craft coffee cafe with a sporting club, a boutique nightclub. I mean, this is a small plot of land. Um, it's I guess it's going to be very vertically integrated, so you're going to have different uh, levels of stuff. But uh, they're packing a lot into a small property. Still with that boutique size, though, I think the casino will be roughly about the same size as Cromwell, uh, to kind of put it in perspective. So... Maybe we're going to get that kind of Cromwelly experience that you like in a much newer, more modern hotel. So, yeah, I feel I feel like they're moving into the market with some uniqueness. Now, that area of the airport, is there any takeoff and landings that you could watch, like that they could have a cool club at the top called like the takeoff or something where they could really integrate? It? I think that would be cool for aviation people. So when they made them like do the design differently, basically everything faces Las Vegas Boulevard. Nothing faces the airport. So you're not going to get really many views at all. Uh, originally, I think the pool overlooked the airport. I mean, obviously, there will be rooms that will overlook the airport. Um, so you, hopefully some of the rooms will have 
nice views. And yeah, there are some planes that take off in that area. A lot of the helicopters take off there. The Janet planes, those secret government planes take off there. Uh, some of the Ooh, other yes. private planes and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, definitely be some interesting uh, plane spotting if you get a room with a view. Yeah, too bad they can't integrate it a little bit more. Uh, it would have been cool, especially like a pool area and stuff, which I get outdoors. But you think you could put, if you use the right kind of glass, you could put some type of bar restaurant overlooking that area with, you know, good view. I mean, Mandalay Bay has open areas around that, you know, not too much further off uh, from where it would be. So I think it should be okay. But, you know, sometimes you just can't do what you want to do. Yeah, I think Mandalay Bay is the reason, right, that, they, that they're doing all this because of October 1st. And I feel like they're overly cautious and they want to make sure that uh, they can't do it. But whatever it is, it's it's going to be good. And uh, looking forward to it based on the concept art. All right, so here is this week's edition of What Will They Charge For Next? This is the Flamingo edition. Um, Flamingo Sportsbook. Now, Flamingo, we... There's it's not a sportsbook. It's so yeah, horrible. It's a, it's a small area of the casino. It looks like they maybe they installed new seats there. I don't know. Ooh. They look, but uh, anyway, there's a sign there where you can reserve seating now and pay to sit in the Flamingo Sportsbook. Um, my guess is these fees will go elsewhere. We have seen places like Circa charge during high demand events, and other books have done it too. So it's not out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibility. But Flamingo, uh, this is a- what are they? I mean, I th- I don't even think they have flat screen TVs in the the sports book at Flamingo. Like it's still the old tube TVs that are like twenty two inches or whatever. I I don't get this. Like okay, Circa places like that or. You know, a football, and I think this will probably just be like college football, NFL. I don't think they're going to be charging people to sit to watch baseball and stuff. But why would anybody want to sit there? You know, it's just like 10 rows of seats in a little cove. It's not even like its own room. The TVs are old and busted. It's not nice. There's no like food service. The drink service is almost non existent. Like, why wouldn't you just go to the bar right across from the the sports book? I don't know. If they're still giving you free drink vouchers, you might as well just make your bets and go somewhere else. But I've always been the one that if a sports book can charge me, I'm just going to go to a bar or restaurant and hang out there instead. What's sad to me is we could almost do a story like this every week. It seems like we do, but we, we really don't because there's a lot that we don't even talk about. But it just seems like every week we could do another fee, another nonsense thing. I mean, this, uh, God, it's it's insane. What's even, even more insane is you go into the comments and how many people are upset with their trips to Vegas. I It blows my mind that nobody is picking up on the fact that maybe they're pushing things too far. But maybe to their point, they're not pushing things too far if the market is bearing it. But uh, it's insane. Yeah, but they're still getting like those people that haven't been in a couple years or, or want to go for the first time. So they're getting those people. That's going to run out in the next year or so, you know, as people feel more comfortable traveling and hopefully airfare prices come down. Like, And you're putting a bad taste in their mouth that they're not going to be coming back. These are people that have come back, you know, gone every year for 10 years. And now they're like, I'm going to take like a three-year break and see if things change. So... They're getting all that demand, the pent-up demand. It's kind of like when a new stadium opens. People go, even if the team's terrible, for the first year just to check it out. But after that, if you don't have a good team, they're not going to show up. So that's kind of where we're at with Vegas, I think. Well, they're going to have to attract a lot of first-timers, which will bring us into our next story, which is Vice's guide to Vegas the first time. And I actually went into it thinking that it was going to be terrible, but I feel like they got some good advice in there. So we'll talk about that. I did want to remind everybody out there, we did get some crazy news uh, last week that three 
Vegas casinos, the Fiesta Henderson, Fiesta Rancho, and Texas Station are all, they've all been closed since March of 2020 with COVID. They're all going to be demolished with the land sold off. And uh, it's a really sad thing. I did a whole video about it, kind of talking about the history of those properties, giving you looks at them throughout COVID with their boarded up windows and doors. And uh, I highly recommend that. It's on the channel if you want to see it. But you know, Mark hasn't didn't get to visit any of these properties, so I guess it doesn't mean anything to you. I have so many memories from from all three, and they were all profitable, right? Before COVID, I believe so. I mean, the the neighborhoods had changed a little bit. Stations owned other properties around them, um, so that made it a little bit more difficult. They said that they were able to move ninety percent of their patrons to other properties that they own, and so they became very redundant. And uh, they certainly were the oldest kind of worst kept up properties in the. Uh, in the arsenal. Yeah, that makes sense then. If, if the, you didn't really lose your customer base and they're going to the other newer properties, then I could see why they were doing it. And this was probably like a two-year uh, test run where they're like, okay, well, we close these down, but our, our numbers are the same as essentially when we were running you know, these extra casinos. So makes sense. I'm just surprised somebody else wouldn't come in and try to do something with it versus knocking it down. But hey, that's the, life, that's the world we're in right now. So if you want to see the history of those properties, Check out that video along with all the news and everything else. I do think the reason that they don't want to sell it to another operator and that they want to tear down these buildings and sell the land themselves is because I think they don't want a casino on those properties. They don't want somebody else to compete with them. Uh, they want to turn it into housing or whatever it's going to be. But my guess is there'll be a deed restriction keeping it from ever being a casino again. But we'll we'll learn more as, as that goes on. But let's talk condos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more condos. Just what we need. All right, let's talk about Vice's first time guide to Vegas. Um, did you like it? I mean, they go through like 15, 16 points, um, you know, talking about whether you should walk the strip. There's some good advice about getting snacks and stuff at CVS, uh, asking, you know, your Uber Lyft driver to stop at a gas station to pick up snacks too if you're off the strip. Tipping, you know, obviously talks about tipping culture. What do you think? Yeah, and I've always been a big uh, proponent of tipping. Uh, service isn't quite as good as it was before, so I probably don't tip as well in Vegas as I used to just because people are kind of rude and you wait forever. So that is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I thought some of it was interesting. Some of it's just kind of common sense that you can do anywhere. Uh, CVS is a really good one, you know, especially we've talked about what they charge in room for waters and stuff, and there's a CVS on like every corner, it seems like. And I know our buddy Rick, every time... He flies in, he always has them stop at a party store or something on the way to the hotel, just adds it in the, the Uber app, which is a great way to, you know, have some stuff at your room that you can grab. And because open, open consumer laws or open beverage everywhere in Vegas, pretty much. So you can bring it from your room down to the casino or, you know, or to the restaurant and stuff like you can go anywhere with it. So it's a good way to save some money. Uh, the act like you belong there, that works pretty much anywhere, not just Vegas, uh, which you can really some crazy things can happen if you just kind of pretend like you're supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, this is what it says. It says, when you're out and about at night, become the BSer. Cut the line, lie about being on the list, and fake out indignantly, leaving when none of the above work. Once we huffily turned to go when we were denied entrance to a mega club, they let us in instantly. I, I agree with you, like, you know, social engineering, but if you huff away from a club, I don't think you're going to get let in. Um, you know. Well, no, I got a little side story of like I snuck into a concert at uh, Little Caesars Arena around here, which is a big arena for like the Red Wings and Pistons and stuff. And they have if you came because they have attached bars and restaurants, 
So if you ha- if you walk from the arena to the bar or restaurant, they stamp your hand with like a circle. They don't even ask for a ticket. You just show them your stamp. So I saw these people stamps. So I started rubbing their stamp on my hand. That I got like a faint stamp, and I just walked in and went like this, and nobody <laughs> said anything. And then when I came back and I was leaving, they're like, "Sir, wait, wait, wait!" And I was like, "Oh, they busted me! Like they they caught me on tape or something." She's like, "You need a stamp before you go in there," and she stamped my hand again, so I had a fresh stamp. So I could go nice. in and out of the concert as much as I wanted. It was just, it's crazy. But that's the stuff that like yeah. will happen if you just kind of act like you belong. And if they say no, you go to the next one. Like it'll ha- you'll, you'll get in at some point. Yeah, it really is about your game, right? And, and how comfortable you are. And if you look nervous or, you know, if you look unfun, they don't want unfun people there. If you look like, you know, you talk the language, you, you look like you belong to your point. If you're going to a to a nightclub and you've never been to one before and you're nervous and you're acting all, you know, you're going to stand out. Whereas if you're used to it, you know, the game, just, just try. And uh, like you said, it never hurts. What's the worst they're going to do? Say no. And then you just go on to the next one. Good advice. Look up like the manager's name before you go and be like, Oh, I'm going to have to call John. (laughs) There you go. Oh, don't call John. No. Yeah. It's, it'll work sometimes. I mean, I, I have seen plenty of uh, huffy people get denied at nightclub doors by those bouncers. They don't mess around. Vegas bouncers are like, they're like world-class bouncers, right? They're like the cream of the crop of bouncers. They make tons of money. They're serious about their job and they keep out the, uh, the riffraff. So that's, uh, I don't know. You like bouncing? You have any, you have any Vegas bouncer stories? I feel like you should have. No, all mine are like, uh, strip club bouncer stories. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I did want to talk about something food related on this show and that's this quesadilla challenge that I came across. So it's $60 for this quesadilla. And basically what they do is they create like this lasagna where it's like this giant tortilla and then a, you know, a, a layer of meat and then giant and cheese, giant tortilla, layer of meat, a different kind of meat and cheese. So you end up with like five different kinds of meat and cheese stacked on top of each other. Then they cut it. You know, it's probably something good to share, right? That's an incredible amount of calories and stuff like that. But they have this challenge where if you eat the whole thing, you get it for free. Plus, they pay you a little money, I think. But yeah, so hundred bucks, I think. It is a hundred bucks. So when they when they started this challenge, they only gave people ten minutes to do it, and then of course nobody could pass that. So now they've upped it to twenty minutes. But like, I feel like I know people who could eat this easily in forty five minutes or an hour. But twenty minutes to stuff. What's essentially five full size quesadillas full of meat and cheese is a little ridiculous. Although. It looks kind of cool. I don't. It looks like it would be a delicious sort of appetizer to share with a bunch of people. I don't know. I don't know how you eat it and not get like sloppy, disgusting everywhere. I, I mean, it's like it's like that's big. Uh, it, it's like a huge piece of cake, but it's quesadilla and it just flops over. So I don't know. It, like I'm sure people enjoy it, and yeah, I don't see how anybody does it in 20 minutes. I don't know that I could even eat it if you gave me like two days because it's a lot of food, but. If you like quesadillas and you have a group of like four people, I think it'd be kind of a cool experience for sure. Although it's a little bit of a scam, right, Mark? Because like all of a sudden they throw this $60 quesadilla on the menu as an eating challenge that nobody can pass. And so now they're selling tons of $60 quesadillas, I'm sure. So smart on go for that. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, it's not like you don't get to take it home if you don't eat it. So they're still getting the food. Um, but I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. What's a quesadilla cost? Like maybe it costs them like 10 bucks to make that. I don't know. I mean, there it's was a decent amount of meat, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, other than the meat, there's really, I mean, cheese and and tortillas, so not not all that expensive. All right, so one last story I did want to sneak in here. 
there have been a, a few different times, apparently over the last couple months, at Paris, Las Vegas, where somebody has lost a valet ticket and then their car was stolen. Um, I never thought about this before, right? But they don't really check for ID and stuff like that. So I guess when you're the moral of the story is if you're in Vegas, you know, safeguard your your valet ticket because if somebody finds it, there's a chance they could just walk right up, hand the valet that ticket, and then walk away with your car. See, that takes more stones than getting into a, a club uh, when you're not on the list. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, anywhere you go, it's not just Vegas. Nobody ever checks your ID. Like, if you have the ticket, you get the car. That's just how it works. I mean, if you're at a smaller hotel, they might remember car to, to face and stuff like that. But for the most part, that's the way it goes. They're upset that Paris hasn't done more about this. But like, really, what do you expect? Like, don't lose your ticket, I guess. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, safeguard your ticket. Maybe take a picture of it, too, so that if you lose it right away, you can report it lost. And I don't know. It's crazy that the one said they saw like a woman driving, get into her car and drive away or his car. I'm not sure if it was a yeah. man or woman. But like, <laughs> wouldn't you be like, whoa, whoa, stop her. Well, that's a ticket. Like, no, you're just like, oh, I think that was my car. Oh, that's my license plate. Oh, well, like. <laughs> Go jump in front like of it. A or scene something. where like security was restraining the lady <laughs> as she tries to run after her own vehicle, and they're like, yeah. "No, you didn't have the ticket." Yeah, no. I, it's 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 insane. I I try to always put it somewhere safe uh, when I'm when I get one, not like just in my pocket, because you know when you take stuff out of your pocket, you can get rid of it. But I never really thought about that. You know how easy it was to do that. I have to imagine like this has got to be a scam that people do all the time. And then they found somebody the just car like walk around. Later. Does somebody just walk around looking for valet tickets? I mean, like, what are the chances? I don't know. They found the car weeks later, though, uh, with, like, different license plates in it, and it was trashed and stuff like that. So somebody joy, you know, did, changed the license plate, did a joyride, and then dumped it. Uh, it's sad to see, but always I, be careful out there. I don't get that either. Like, if you're going to steal a car, go sell it. Uh, you know, get it stripped or whatever. Like, if you're stealing a car just to drive around for 10 days what's the point like the the risk the juice isn't worth the squeeze there i don't know i i was expecting these to be like chopped chopped up cars or something like that um but i don't know if you have enough if you have multiple license plate what are you doing robbing banks and that's what you're using it for then i could see it i guess <laughs> has there been a lot of bank robberies in nevada the last couple no, weeks <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so so Hey guys, Sean from Miles to Memories. Welcome to the channel. Today we have some sad news with the announcement that three Las Vegas casinos that have been closed since March of 2020, all owned by the same company, will be permanently closed, demolished, and the land sold off. Yes, the Fiesta Henderson, Fiesta Rancho, and Texas Station are all permanently closed. What is going on? So on July 15, 2022, Station Casinos released the following statement. These properties have been an important part of our business over many years, so it is not without sadness that we announce these permanent closures. We would like to recognize and thank our former team members who worked at these properties for making them a place where our guests always felt welcome. So why exactly is Station Casinos permanently closing these three properties? We've talked so much about how there's record gaming revenue, even in the local markets. But the truth is that 90% of the customers have moved on to other properties. 
Station Casino's president, Scott Krieger, said even before the pandemic, these were their worst performing properties. He went on to say, post-pandemic, at least where we are today, we don't see that it's a viable option to reopen those properties for a couple of reasons. The majority of our local customers migrated to other facilities, and they say that they captured 90% of the overall play. So these properties would basically become redundant if they reopened them, not worth operating at all. We don't know what exactly is gonna happen to these three properties, the one good news of all of this is that the Ice Arena at Fiesta Rancho, which has been open for a while now, will remain open as long as Station Casinos owns the land. So no guarantee long term once they sell it, what's gonna happen to that Ice Arena. But for now, everything is going to shut down. I know a lot of you are not from Las Vegas and may not have visited a lot of these properties, especially the local properties. And I feel like each one of these three casinos has a unique history. So let's go talk about what they are, where they are, and what's next. Fiesta Henderson was announced by Gem Gaming in April of 1995 and construction began that November. Now there was a lot of weird stuff going on between Gem Gaming and Ameristar who eventually opened the property with their executives getting denied gaming licenses and all sorts of crazy stuff. But it opened as the reserve on February 10th, 1998 on a site of 35 acres on West Lake Mead Parkway just off the US 95 and Interstate 215 interchange in Henderson. In fact, the Interstate 215 wasn't even finished at that point when the reserve opened. One unique thing about this property is it had an African theme with 80 foot tall elephant tusks outside the entrance. The parking lot was supposed to look like the Serengeti Plain. There was theming all over the place. They even had speakers inside that played raindrops and animal sounds. They had actors that went around and told the backstory of the resort. Yes, there was a backstory. There was a guy named Congo Jack who crash landed his plane into the casino and he got stuck there. And there was all kinds of fun happening at the reserve in 1998. But in 2001, Station Casinos took over and they had just recently agreed to purchase the Fiesta Rancho, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And they decided they were gonna group these things together Together and make the Fiesta a brand of two casinos here in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, that meant the end of reserve, but they spent a decent amount of money, renovated the property, and it officially reopened December 29th, 2001 as the Fiesta Henderson. In 2005, $70 million was spent to expand Fiesta Henderson. Most importantly, they added this massive parking garage, a 12-screen movie theater, and a lot more casino space. The one interesting thing about this movie theater was it was Regal Cinema's first ever all-digital movie theater, and now it is a relic of the past. Rest in peace. One other interesting note about Fiesta Henderson is their employees voted to go union in September of 2019. Of course, that won't happen now. So let's fly across the valley to North Las Vegas to Fiesta Rancho. Fiesta Rancho and Texas Station, the other two casinos that are being demolished, sit right across the street from each other and they both have very interesting history with very powerful players in the Las Vegas game. Starting off with Fiesta Rancho, which was just known as Fiesta until Station Casinos bought it in 2001 and sort of combined the brands with the old reserve over in Henderson. And it was built by the Maloof family. Thank you. 
They purchased the property in North Las Vegas off Rancho Drive in 1989 and announced the $15 million Fiesta to be built in 1990. Unfortunately, they had a lot of issues getting funding for this. There were no other casinos in the area. People were skeptical that it could work, but eventually they got financing and it took all the way till April of 1994 for them to begin construction and then Fiesta opens December 14th, 1994. I remember visiting Fiesta right after it opened. It was an exciting new property. Up until that point, the only casino sort of in the northwest part of Las Vegas was Santa Fe, which was nice, but this definitely brought a new level of excitement to the area. And it was very, very good when it opened as the first hotel slash casino in North Las Vegas. One interesting thing, and wow, did I enjoy this, was it featured the first Garduño's restaurant to open outside of New Mexico, and wow, their food is so good. Now in 1995, the Maloofs announced a $10 million expansion, which added more casino space, and that famous sports on the run drive-through sports book that you've probably seen. That was completed in 1996, and that added 50,000 square feet to the entire building, including the expanded festival buffet, which had 600 seats. I remember this buffet being really popular at the time. The Rio and the Carnival World Buffet had sort of created this new concept. We had different stations that were themed and Fiesta took that into a local atmosphere. One of the coolest things, and this is such a simple thing, is that they would take your drink order when you paid at the cashier before you went in and then the waitress would just bring your drinks. You didn't have to wait for somebody to come to the table. I don't know why that hasn't caught on anywhere, but uh, clearly uh, it, it's a thing of the past. Now in 1999, they did another expansion to the property and this is actually one one of the coolest things ever. They added a food court, which every casino has one now, right? They added an expanded Gardunos, which it was so popular, there was always long waits. So they moved it to this expansion and also added what they called the largest tequila bar. I haven't been able to verify that claim, but the coolest thing they added then was Roxy's Pipe Organ Pizzeria. Now, I don't have great memories of this place, but I do remember visiting it and they served pizza, you know, during the day, but they also had concerts there on select nights and they had a 70 year old pipe organ that they brought in from New York. It was such a cool space and one I'm glad I got to experience back in the day. One other note of history before it was sold to Station Casinos, Fiesta was the first casino to test coinless gaming, those ticket in, ticket out systems. In July of 2000, the Maloofs had changed their vision. They wanted to build a strip-like property down on some land that they owned on Flamingo Road. So they sold Fiesta to Station Casinos for $185 million, and they used that money to build Palms Casino and Resort, another casino that was closed through most of the pandemic, although thankfully it has now reopened. Not much changed between the Station Casino's ownership and these days at Fiesta Rancho. It had already been pretty mature, but a few years into their ownership in 2004, they decided they wanted to tear down the ice rink that was at their sister property, Santa Fe Station, and they decided to construct a new ice arena at Fiesta Rancho. And that ice arena is still open to this day, despite the casino closures. In June of 2019, workers voted 85% in favor of unionizing. That won't happen, of course.
Now let's fly across the street to Texas Station, another property with very interesting history. It's located on 47 acres. The first thing to note is that Texas theme. It was conceived by Frank Fertitta Jr., who is the person who founded Station Casinos, although he constructed the property on his own and then sold the casino to Station Casinos before it opened. One other note about the design of Texas Station is it was designed by Marnell Corral Associates, who also did Bellagio, Rio, Win Las Vegas, and a lot of other high-profile projects. Projects. Perhaps this casino is one that's been expanded many more times than any others and it became a massive, massive property. But to start, Texas Station opened on July 12, 1995 with 1,600 slot machines, 35 table games, and six restaurants. Now over the years, they added a lot of stuff with two major expansions in 1998 and 2000, including a movie theater that was 12 screens, eventually expanded to 18 screens, a bowling alley that cost $15 million, tons of event space, wedding chapels, and over 121,000 square feet of gaming space when it closed. One interesting thing I remember so much about the expansion in 1998 was it brought this Martini Ranch cocktail lounge, which seemed so strange for that property. It seemed like something right out of the 2000s, a little bit ahead of their time. They used to have great discounts on martinis there. I spent a great deal of my childhood and young adult life at both of these properties, Fiesta Rancho and Texas Station. Loved the atmosphere there. Garduño's was one of my favorite restaurants. We had a lot of fun going to Texas Station, drinking martinis, going watching the movies there. For a while, that was our preferred movie theater. But now, it's all a thing of the past. One thing I will say about these two properties is that they really fell into disrepair. As Station Casino said, they were the less profitable properties and therefore they just had become less nice over time with less and less investment. And the last time I had gone to both of those properties, probably a year or two before they closed, they simply just didn't measure up to what you saw before. Now, I spent the last few years living much closer to Fiesta Henderson, and that property has always been fairly nice, but it suffers a similar fate to the other ones in that it was less profitable, and there are two major station casinos very close by. First is Sunset Station, which is just a mile or two down the road, and Station Casinos is dumping tons of money and reinvesting in a renovation there. And also just down the 215 freeway is their upscale Green Valley Ranch Resort. On the other side of town, Santa Fe Station is a little far from Fiesta Rancho and Texas Station, so not quite sure if the union vote played into that factor. We know that they're developing two new casinos in Las Vegas right now. First is the Wildfire Casino, which sits on the former site of Castaways or the Showboat, and that's gonna be a smaller local style casino over on the end of Fremont Street. And then they have Durango, which is opening in the southwest part of the valley off Durango in the 215. That's gonna cost $750 million to build. They also own land in several other spots around the valley. So perhaps we'll lose these three casinos, but we're gonna gain some other ones, a shift in the market. It doesn't hurt any less that we're losing these three historic casinos, Texas Station, Fiesta Rancho, Fiesta Henderson, now officially gone for good. The land up for sale, that money to be used for other things. All the history, first cashless gaming, first all digital movie theater, all that cool history, now gone for good. Just another victim of the pandemic. Do you think that these would have closed anyway? Did the pandemic just sort of speed up the timeline? Do you have any good memories of the Fiestas or Texas Station? Make sure to hit me up in the comments. I don't know. Well, there was a lot to talk about this week, so uh, definitely hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you think about any of these stories, the craziness with the the mass shooter scare, uh, quesadilla challenge, 
anything else in between that dream hotel you guys think it's going to be a good addition to the strip don't forget to smash the thumbs up button subscribe to the channel we are here every single week doing this with some more videos like that uh like that closed casino one coming soon thanks so much for watching talk to you next time